Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. to you by Martialytics. Easy to use, super powerful management software for your martial arts school. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast of 2023. And that was the world's most awkward podcast star ever. <laughs> I'm going to leave it now, I've done it. Um, but yeah, oh, okay, so um, just covering off a couple of things here first of all. I know I mentioned about changing the podcast name, uh, but then I got some emails from people saying, no, don't change it because we like it. So... I don't know what to do now. I just sort of thought that, well, look, it's taken me years to practice saying Kickback with Chris, the Martial Arts Podcast, which is, it's harder to say than you think when you're under pressure, when you hit the record button. But I've got it down to a pretty fine art now. Um, so I now I don't know what to do. I mean, to be honest with you, it'll save me having to get the t-shirts and stickers that I've got sat down the side of my desk reprinted. Um, and I also don't have to change the website. So... I don't know. Do I keep it? Or should I just shorten it to kickback podcast? I don't know. You you guys, you tell me. Tell me what you think. Does it does it even really matter at the end of the day? Just saving me having to move my tongue around some... <laughs> anyway, anyway. What do you think? Kickback kick with Chris, the martial arts podcast. See, I've just screwed it up there. Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast, or kickback podcast. I don't know. Does it matter? Anyway, so for those of you that have been listening for a while, you'll know... They've decided to change up the format, so we switched to a topic-based format. Now we had a sort of a, you know, a kind of an episode of the first of the switch up last time around, which is me actually. Basically, I just robbed somebody else's podcast uh, where they interviewed me, and I used that. But you know, sharing content and all that sort of stuff, cross promotion is that I think that's what they call it, um, which is cool. You know, it got me out of a. Uh, a, a tricky end to the year, shall we say, which we'll t- touch on a little bit in a minute. Um, but this this is the first of the proper ones. Okay, so. Obviously, we've not had Matt Chapman on for a while, uh, Mintmaster Matthew Chapman. Uh, don't forget, go and check out Mintmaster.com via the link on the website. Go to kickbackpodcast.com, go to the top banner and press that banner. Go buy stuff at Mintmaster.com because obviously it supports Matt, but it also supports the website and the podcast our end as well. Now they've got the little plug in there, but yeah, uh, all right, the massive plug, but you know what I mean. Um, so Matt's not been on for a while. Uh, so I thought it'd be really cool to sort of tie it in, you know, get Matt back on, have a sort of a longer segment with him, and kick off, no pun intended, the first of our new topic-based episodes. So, this one was suggested to us by a long-time listener. I won't mention who it is, because I can't actually remember if he replied, replied to me to let me know if it was okay to mention his name, because I'm such a professional, I forgot to write the information down. <laughs> um, so I won't, I won't mention his name, but if, you, if you're listening, thank you for your suggestion. It was an awesome one. Um, the topic being uh, top tips for opening a martial arts school in 2023. Um, so I sat down with Matt. I, we actually recorded this a couple of days ago. Sat down with Matt for a chat on uh, on Skype. And, um, well, rather than uh, me prattling on any longer, let's get straight into the, the chat and the said interview then. Straight into the chat, and then I'll speak to you on the other side. You're listening to Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. All right, so for the first time in 2023, joining me on the phone, we have Mr. Matthew Chapman. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Uh, can you believe it's 2023 already? Like, what happened to 2022? I, I don't it know. just seemed to disappear, didn't it? 
It did. It just got enveloped. It's just. It just feels like 2020 is just eating everything. <laughs> yeah, that year went so quick. That was scary. I just like kind of getting my groove in it at the end of the year. So anyway, 2020. Uh-huh. 2023. It sounds very futuristic, doesn't it? It's a very sci-fi sounding year. Is 2023? Yeah, you're right. It is actually with the flying cars and all of that that we yeah like hoverboards and living on the moon and yeah, none of that's happened. I know. It's very disappointing. Very disappointing. Anyway, on a slightly more positive note, um, the podcast is back, obviously, because you're already listening to it now, so you should be able to tell that. Um, and what I've done, we've had a little bit of a format change. And what I'm looking to do for each episode, and I'm going to be careful not to say each week, because I'm, I'm not going to set myself up for a fail there straight away. Each episode, uh, <laughs> we're going to theme it. All right. So rather than having guests on, because I've done the guests thing and, you know, it's nice, but... I want a little bit of a change up just for myself more than anything, if I'm honest. And what I wanted to do is cover subjects that people want to listen to. And one subject that somebody reached out to me, I won't say the name just in case they don't want me to, but somebody actually reached out to me via email and said, you know, I'm looking to open a martial arts school in 2023. I've got about 20 members. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, if we see 20 potential members, I'm interested in opening. What sort of things do I need to think about? And I remember thinking, crikey, you know, where do you start? There's a lot to think about, really. It's not, you know, it's not just rent a hall and off you pop, Um, you know. And I believe that they're actually looking to go full time from a center as well. So they're kind of starting from scratch. So there's a lot of stuff to think about, really. So I thought that would be a bit of a juicy one to to jump into. (laughs) Start starting right from the very from the beginning, which I would guess would be location. No. no? <laughs> Sorry, well, that just goes to show what I know. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say location would be the first thing uh, I would do. I would think more about why on earth do you want to open a martial arts um, school? It oh, would well, be- I would have assumed you would have already thought about that. I mean, <laughs> surprise. You'd be so surprised. hang on. So now, all right. So now what you're ba- so basically what we're saying, right? Everybody don't do it. Do something else. <laughs> it's a short episode. Yeah, more, more, yeah, don't do it. It's crazy. Um, more along the lines of what type of um, business are you looking to open and mm. what's the goal for you? Like, do yeah. you want to get out the house a couple of nights a week? Do you want to teach uh, a few students and friends? Are you trying to make money so that you can replace the job you have with, you know, your martial arts school's income? Um, there's lots of reasons why people start martial arts clubs. Are they forced in like lots of us were by our instructors to start teaching? (laughs) We weren't ready, you know, lots of different reasons. And he needs to just have a little think about like, why am I doing this? Because that will influence pretty much every decision he makes from that point onwards. Yeah. I think with their situation, they're actually a, a senior student within a club. Um, and they're looking to sort of branch out and, carry on and do their their own thing on the sort of the umbrella group of their assist, you know existing club okay. um sort of a i don't know not a franchise but sort of an umbrella thing sort of connected to them still but their own their own club yeah um, um, once again like why are they why yeah. are they doing that they just have a passion for teaching yeah like do they want to make a bit of side income? Um, are they looking to create their own instructors and branch out as well? You just got to have a little think about that because yeah. that makes um, all the other decisions a lot easier. But assuming that they kind of love teaching and they want to make a bit of a side income and possibly uh, make enough money at some point to go full time, which is often a common dream of a martial arts instructor. 
um, that can turn into a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then, like the next thing they need to decide is who who are they going to teach before they decide where they're going to teach. Like, in terms of who's their ideal student um, and where are they going to find that ideal student, and is that person being catered for? currently in that area because for example like i hate teaching kids everyone knows i hate teaching kids no um, so yeah afraid so <laughs> uh so i wouldn't you know open a kids martial arts class in my town my ideal student would probably be you know um professional adults a little bit older you know more like 25 years to 45 years that that sort of demographic so they just need to have a think about um mm-hmm who they're going after and often when you first open your first martial arts school you're like we'll take anyone it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter if you agree with our values our mission our purpose our goal just come in and pay us some money yeah. and, and keep this, this club running and we've all been there yeah. and then kind of get this weird mix of random random odd bods in your school who kind of don't really relate to each other or get on and there's weird you know, arguments and atmospheres between yeah. them. So really, oh, yeah. from the beginning, if you can kind of get an idea of who um, you want to go after, that will help. Now, I know instructors that have adults-only schools. Um, mm-hmm. I have no instructors who have children-only schools. I know instructors who teach across the board from four to 74. Um, but you just, you, you need to have an idea of who you'd like to work with. Because if I had to go and teach kids classes, you know, five, six hours a night, I would just go insane it would drive me it make me depressed so even though i'd had i could have the opportunity to teach a load of kids and i could make a lot of money teaching lots of kids classes um it wouldn't make me happy and you know i kind of put myself in a negative situation so i would say next thing is who do who do you love to teach who do you want to teach um and is that viable you know um but for most schools yeah you know if you can easily teach 100 adults you can easily teach 100 kids or you can combine them and you know build a, a slightly larger school of, yeah that's uh, it i mean i thinking back to when i when i opened my first school full-time i mean I, I rented for a little while a few weeks and then i i just did it because i was just i mean actually looking back on it i'm actually quite glad i was naive and a little bit stupid yeah. because yeah, yeah. if i'd have thought about it too much i wouldn't have done it yes um i was 22 a building became free. I had no idea what leases were or anything like that. I'm just like, how, m- how many people do I need to cover the bills? I can do that. And I opened the first day. I had 15 members, 18 members that I carried on from the hall rental that I was doing. Yes. I thought, I, said, I can generate enough money to pay the rent. And I need this amount of members to... Ca-. And I said, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so I just opened up. Didn't know advertising or anything. I was so naive to it all. Yeah, but yeah, I just like doing it. That's the advantage of being young and just like, yeah, I'll just do it. Um, and this also impacts this th- these people you're talking about because are they at the stage of their life where they're a bit older, you know, they have mortgages, bills to pay, kids to look after, um, to just do, like, just to open up a school, a full-time school on a whim is not something you really want to do at that stage in your life where there's things like leases, contracts to sign, all of that sort of stuff. But when you're 20, you're just like, yay, let's do it, and it'll all work out, and it usually does when you're that young. 
Yeah, because uh, you'll you'll chuck you know fifteen sixteen hours a day into it. Happy days. You don't even think about it. You'll just get up silly o'clock and stay there till midnight, and you don't care. You know, you've got no family to be contending with. You know, and it's you know you're just not bothered. I mean, I I had the building that I had. I had the I got lucky in that the flat above became free. So I, I was at home all the time, pretty much. You know, I was above it. Yeah, I lived above my first. The first yeah. building I had, I lived straight above it. I actually piggybacked the phone line. <laughs> it's so long ago now, I can't get in trouble for it, I'm sure. But I just, I yeah. So when somebody rang to inquire for the school, my house, my landline in the house rang. So I never missed any phone calls, ever. Excellent. That's a good start. Um, so, you know, that does impact it, you know, the stage of life you're at as well and what risk you're willing to take. Um, you, you mentioned that they're, they're thinking of going straight into a yeah, yeah, yeah. location. Now, my general advice is not to do that <laughs> uh, until you have a sufficient number of students, yeah. um, you know, on your books and preferably paying via direct debit or something similar. Yeah. Uh, because you know, the advantage of renting church halls and sports halls and these various village halls is they're usually, although they're getting more expensive, quite cheap. Yeah. Um, and if you find the right ones, they're cheap and they're massive. Yeah. And it's really easy. I, I have a couple of clients I've worked with, you know, they're paying like six to eight pounds per hour for halls that are like 2,000, 3,000 square foot. It's just... Wow. Yeah, so the advantage of that is, you know, you don't have any extra bills essentially because, you know, your electricity, your heating is usually included in the hire of the, the yeah. church, for example. They're usually quite cheap and it's a great way of like gradually increasing the size of your business as you as they grow. So they say they've got 10, 20 members, which means they probably don't want to open up you know, five classes a night for 20 members mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. So doing two or three classes a week for that number and then adding extra classes as you go and as you grow is a really step-by-step, nice, safe, graduated way of building to the point where, you know, um, you can then work out based on how much um, full-time units cost to let including you know how much deposit you need to put in any yeah. renovation costs um costs for solicitors change yeah. usage all of that fun and games that goes with it yeah okay i need a you know 120 students paying me this much to afford a two thousand square foot full-time center in this location comfortably so i'm much more a fan of like doing it step by step gradually um which is what i did i built my school up to 100 members in uh, sort of church halls and sports centers and then transitioned to a full time and it was smooth transition because we could afford it straight away yeah that's it i mean looking back on it the way that i did it was stupid it was stupid but it was it worked because i had i had the drive and yes. i had i had there was there was there was nothing other than absolute faith that it was going to work there was no doubt in my mind it was going to work because i'd come from i'd come from a massive school i'd come from a school you know five six hundred member base so that's, yeah. so that's all I, that's what i knew yes. so i i was in there teaching in there full time you know and so it was just ingrained in me that look i've seen that members come in i've seen how members come in and how it works i know what the process is yeah. So I just basically took that blueprint. I yeah. thought, well, well, there's no reason why I can't make it work, which, you know, there was every reason why it couldn't work, but I just didn't know that. I was so 
hardwired to you think had, you had going a system to follow though didn't yeah. you process and you know how we do things which is what you really need if you hadn't had that and you know you'd just been studying martial arts with one instructor and then started to open yeah. your it probably would have been a very different result but because you had that experience of literally how to run a really successful martial arts school uh yeah you would have killed it like you said you were young you had loads of energy you didn't have um family no. nagging and moaning <laughs> just plastic can't you so i remember yeah. being that age and, and doing the same and you're just so in love with martial arts and and just helping people and and passionate it's it, yeah it's it's really easy now what i will say is what i didn't have a clue about was how to run a business because I was a full-time instructor at 21, 22. Um, I didn't know how to run a business. That was the side that was the shock of my life. Um, <laughs> you know, what do you mean I need insurance? What, what, what yeah. do you mean I need? What did, and it was all this stuff that I didn't know about. And there's nobody tells you about it either. The first unit that I moved into, the landlord was a bit of a sneaky what's it, bless him. Not with us anymore, so I shouldn't speak to a living. But he was a bit sneaky. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, don't worry about the change of use. I'll sort that for you." Right, and then didn't? Yeah, no. Well, do- knock, knock, knock. Council at the door. Uh, what have we got going on in here then? Uh, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Um, now, thankfully, we got through it. You know, we 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 blagged our way through it. Um, but there was a lot of stuff that I learned on the fly, rather than you know being pre-warned to it and knowing and. Um, it, it, one of my biggest things that I had an issue with initially was spending money. If I could get away with not, uh, but you know, oh, it's all right. I'll do the books myself. I'll I'll do this. It can't be that hard. Bloody hell! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a nightmare. Within a year, it was like, nope. I am going to pay an accountant. <laughs> yes. I don't care how much they cost. They are worth it. Yeah. You know? um, and ever for what twenty two years now? Uh, no, sorry, no, nineteen years. We've had an accountant. We yeah. paid them every year. You take care of it. I, I know it's done, you know, um, because it's not my strong suit at all, uh, is counting. <laughs> um, so I let somebody who's good at that do that for me. And it just removes so much of the stress um, that you're not, you know, I'm not up to the middle of the night. I mean, I've got friends that, you know, they're stressing out, trying to do the receipts and books and things like, wow. Just yeah, even if you don't get an accountant, just paying a bookkeeper to keep your books yeah. in order is, is you know, bookkeepers are much cheaper and they do a very similar job. Yeah. But, um, you know, they can massively help you out and get more organized and you feel a lot more confident and, you know, and you know what tax you need to pay, et cetera, ahead of time, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the people looking for a full time place, my, I mean, I don't know them. If I had a chat with them, I might understand that they've got lots of experience they're coming from another yeah. association they know how to open they've opened multiple satellites for example then yeah yeah make go straight into a full time but if you're starting out on your own i would really recommend just going step by step and as you mentioned um location is one of the most important factors um not the first school. not the first not <laughs> <in my opinion. laughs> but uh many steps before that but uh i would say yeah finding the right location so i was teaching uh martial arts with my friend in barking in east london uh, which is not the nicest part of east london sorry uh, for anybody out there from barking barking but they understand because they live there and i was like shall we open a school here or shall we just try and you know find somewhere maybe a, a bit nicer uh, so we got in our car and we went for a drive and we came over a hill into a place called uh, chigwell and that just bank- sounds nice 
Oh, and around Chigwell is Chigwell, Buckhurst Hill, and Loughton. And this is Ooh. in Essex as the Golden Triangle. Oh, right. <laughs> which is basically an extremely affluent area of Essex, like, you know, multi million pound houses, et cetera, and all of that. Um, some very well off people tend to live in that area. And we went, let's set up here. It was like, mm-hmm. as soon as we saw the houses, we were like, okay, we should set up here. And the reason why is, um, the the type of people who live in these houses like to take care of their health. They like to do extracurricular activities. Um, and also they have a disposable income, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, they can afford to spend 70, 80, 90, 100 pounds a month on martial arts training. Um, for them, it's not a, a, a massive drain on their finances. So probably the best decision we ever made was to locate in an area that could afford our uh, what we wanted to charge and um that's what we did and it and it was it was amazing straight from the get-go it was just a lot easier i think than if we'd stayed embarking and tried to to make it work there so if possible you know try and find an affluent area where near where you are and and set up there mm. it's possible yeah it, it's we one thing that i've noticed obviously i came from i know i was joking about the barking thing by the way you know i, I was teaching and living in doncaster which you know similar to barking again sorry to, i'm it, from doncaster so i can get away with saying it you know it's you know it's challenging place to live um and that but it's very sort of family community orientated as a as a it's a city now actually um and the town that i was in balby it was very like everybody knew everybody it was all very friendly community area and what i noticed when i moved to where i am now which is nairsborough near sort of harrogate that's not how it's not like that around here right um, and i found that there's so, the sort of people that you brought into school it's very it's a very different vibe um it's almost like very much sort of service driven like we're here we do the thing and you go home whereas with the school that i was at before working at bearing in mind i just took the blueprint and transfer it you know there's not as many sort of social activities and you mm. know everyone's nice but nobody's really bothered about doing a christmas night out or doing a do you know what, what i mean it, it's it, there's there's a lot of sort of um you know people doing office jobs and people running corporate things and stuff they're coming in and training and they're going home and then you what? know what i mean it's they don't want any of that extra stuff the bump they're not interested um yeah. okay it's yeah. just a different vibe yeah. and it took me a little yeah. bit of adjusting to to be honest which one um, did you prefer, the more family-oriented place? Uh, initially, I, I liked the camaraderie of the whole, you know, everyone's a cl- it's a club and everyone knows everyone and we get together. I liked that. But now I prefer this way around. It's just so much easier, you know. <laughs> not having to worry about having to socialise with people is a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, when, I, when I'm teaching, I enjoy teaching and I'm sociable and I'm, you know, I'm approachable in the gym. But when I go, when I close the door, I, I'm not bothered about, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm not a friend person, do you know what I mean? I'm not, oh, I'm making it sound like a right antisocial sod now. But <laughs> but also with the family type, uh, yeah. often there is issues where if there's a problem or a disagreement between oh, you and God, yeah. like, for example, several members, it all kicks off massively. Yeah, it does. And everyone gets involved and it kind of gets, you know, uh, it, so in that, that type of place, you really have to be careful about your reputation, don't yeah. you? And, and, and Swathes of members leaving. You know, I've, I've seen it with some schools where, you know, an instructor will leave 
and they'll take hundreds of members with them, like just taking large chunks of membership and going yeah. and setting up five mile down the road. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's wow. I mean, yeah, you, so you've got to be so careful with it, isn't it? You know, like I saw on Facebook someone put the comment of the day that they're friendly with everybody, but they're not friends. You know, yeah. and that's how I tend to be. I'm friendly with all of my students and their families, but I'm not their friends. But the original post was from the guy who said he he kind of had overstepped that and become too friendly with his students and that's that's right. on this and unfortunately he had to shut down his school, which uh, Oh wow. Also, that was the original post. Right. So yeah, there needs to be boundaries and barriers, obviously, between you and your members. But once you've sorted your location, you know, then it's finding the right space to teach out of and like i mentioned i'm a much more fan of getting um finding a church hall and getting to know the people who run the church hall really well and you know paying your bills on time and building up a relationship with them and gradually building your school to the point where you're ready to if you want to go full-time um some people don't want to go full-time they don't want a full-time um school because obviously there's all sorts of issues with that like you mentioned with you know um the usage problem cancel taxes rates um you know you're paying for a space 24 365 you know 24 7 365 most of the time you know it's shut at night you're still paying for it Heating, lighting is all your own problems. Um, the type of lease that you sign will dictate whether you're responsible for repairs and renewals or not. Which is near enough every single time now. That's I've, I know a few people have been caught out with that recently. Yeah. And also, you know, what type of lease are you signing yourself into? One that, yeah. you know, has it's five years, is ten years. Yeah. You have a opt-out clause at a certain point during that. So it's, it's involved having a full-time. Yeah full-time place it's not something you should like just do on a whim when you yeah yeah yeah. i mean that definitely i mean definitely i mean i always try i always try and get as many uh break clauses put in as i can early in the first within the first sort of five to six years that's what i've always said that a break clause at two at four or five you know, so if i can every two years initially um and then less after five um that's what we worked out with the place for in now so that, you know, if you go into a 10-year lease, because the building I'm in now, I wanted to secure to make sure that there wasn't going to be a faff, you know, later on down. So I've got a 10-year lease, but we've got break clause at year two. Because so, uh, we worked out that we had the finances to cover the first 18 months or so. Um, so two years is okay. We can do that. If something goes really wrong, we can last for two years. <laughs> we'll be all right. Um, you never want to use it, but then you never know what's going to come along, do you? You know, there might be some virus that sweeps across the world and closes everybody. <laughs> exactly um so i would recommend yeah not moving into a full-time place until you have like a certain amount of budget set aside so that you can cover your rent rates bills etc for at least you know three to six months in advance mm. because but, you know yeah happens and, you know things change and so you don't want to be at that point where you're struggling to pay the lease yeah Having that money in a bank account, like an emergency fund, I think is a great idea when you're yeah, when you're definitely. That. Without a doubt, always put some aside. Absolutely, that's that got us through. It got us through the recession, global everything when everything kicked off in what two thousand six seven, and that all went nuts. It got us through that, and it got us through COVID. Basically, yeah. being a tight ass. <laughs> well, it's protecting your business. That's what totally. 
part of the problem that instructors have is they think they are the business and that's a mistake. What they need to do is think about the business being a separate entity to them, that they need to do everything they can to protect, take care of, um, and look after. So if you kind of separate yourself from your business a little bit, you're a little bit more inclined to make better decisions that are in the interests of the business rather than thinking that as your own personal sort of personal business. Um, so once they've chosen a location and they've chosen the type of um, unit that they're going to move into, whether that's church hall or, or full, full-time unit, then they need to be marketing heavy yeah, um, to generate leads and get people, uh, you know, signed up and ready to rock and roll when it opens. Because there's nothing worse than opening an amazing facility to like crickets and tumbleweed and no one turns. Absolutely. So there's quite a lot basically you're doing a launch of a brand new business in the local area which requires quite a lot of marketing quite a lot of work quite a lot of hustle um but there's lots of ways of doing that you know you can use facebook ads you can flyer in the local area you can contact the local paper you can get the lord mayor of your town to come open it for for you you can do all sorts of promotions and and uh advertising but the goal obviously is to open with, you know, the hundred members that you already have grown in the church hall, plus an extra 30, 40 or 50 um, through the marketing in the local area that you have a brand new martial arts school yeah. starting up. Uh, and, you know, if that works, if your marketing works and you do get those people in, then you have the emergency fund and you have your correct usage of your facility and, you know, yeah. you sign them at least and you've managed to kid it out and make it look good without overspending if all of that comes together then you're off to the races in in a good place yeah yeah and 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 as well i mean the thing is i would say to anybody out there that's thinking about opening it for opening full time don't be put off by any of this stuff because it, yeah it's hard work but it is completely achievable and there's a lot of people that they, they really want to do full-time schools and they just put it off put it off put it off put it off and there are times where it is hard, but if you want it enough, you will find the money. You'll go and find it somewhere. You just you, you, obviously that's not an absolute, but and I'm not encouraging people to make dodgy financial decisions. But <laughs> when some when the, sh, the the poop hits the fan and you've got to sort it, you'll find a way of sorting it. I've, I always have every time. Like, oh god, I've got to find this money. You will if you need to find it, you will go and find it. You'll yeah. get creative and you'll do it. You'll you know you'll you'll do a tots class or you'll you know you'll you'll do what you need to do to get it um if you want it enough you know uh, one thing i would pay special attention to is when you start this type of business and you've come from a job um you're going to have a shock when it comes to tax because the way self-employed people are taxed is different than the way employed people are taxed Uh, oh yes when you're an employed person you're taxed at the source basically your employer Mm -hmm. you know will take that out and pay that self-employed you don't have any of that you're responsible for paying your own yeah. tax and then they have the most exciting thing which they call uh tax in advance so you know paying yes uh, in the future so if that happens to every instructor i found who's set up who doesn't know how self-employed tax works yeah their tax bill and then they're suddenly the next tax bill is massive because yeah. they're paying in advance for the next year which is what yeah. they do to self-employed people so yeah if you have come from like a and regular job and you're then going self-employed you need to find out about that tax situation pretty quick because it's yeah. a shocker the second yeah, and you get a massive tax bill 
There is, I mean, and there's, there's, it's, yeah, it, it, it does, it kicks you in the nuts a little bit the first time around when you're not ready for it. And you're like, yeah. what do you mean you're going to, what do you mean you're going to take half of what you think I'm going to earn? I might not earn that. You know, and exactly. you know, I, I calculate you owe me fifty quid. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is it is a bit of a tricky one to start with. But there is, you know, there are ways of getting help with it. And if you, the thing is to communicate with them as well, um, which is easier said than done sometimes. Yeah. But if you know, if you think you're having trouble, if you speak to them, they'll they 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 they'll try and talk you out of it, but there are ways you can, you know, split the yes. costs and you can put yeah. payment plans in place. The, the thing is to not ignore it. It's to, you know, get, get something in place, you know, and, and, and speak to them because ultimately if your business succeeds, they make more, you know, they can, you know, as you do better, they tax you more. It's in their best interests to, to, to have you succeed. Um, and one thing know. I would say is um, when, this this um person you're speaking about you know opens their school i speak to a lot of instructors obviously um socially and online and with various coaching programs that i run and one of the things that really surprises me is they a lot of schools don't have a joining fee either as a one-off or as a yearly sort of membership fee um that's really important to have and the reason Mm -hmm. it's so important to have is you could the money you make from the person when they join with that one-off joining fee or yearly joining fee yearly is better yearly membership fee is better um offsets the cost of your marketing yeah what you make then on the person in their first month um training with you and also buying equipment and maybe um doing a few private lessons is you know into profit straight away rather than it you know you spend 30, 40, 50 quid getting the person into the school and then that's eaten up straight away with the first month's training fee. By charging a a, a joining fee, that allows you to spend more on marketing. And I'm surprised how many places don't do it. Every club that my kids do, football, tennis, et cetera, dance, street dance, there's a joining fee. Yeah. And we we all pay it. We're all like, yeah, okay, to be a member, you need to pay the joining fee, and I pay it. And usually it's a one-off 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds um, yeah. joining fee. But it's not that common in martial arts, strangely. Is it not? I thought, oh, right, okay. Well, I've been doing it since day one. I've always done it. <laughs> Smart. But a lot of places don't. They're like, oh, I don't want to feel like I'm, like, you know, pressuring too, too much or asking for too much money in that first transaction. So I tend not to ask for it. Um, but it, it it really is essential um, mm. to, to get that straight away. Um, yeah, I mean, different people have different opinions on um, how best to approach informing people about costs. And, and I don't suppose anybody's right. It's just different ways. But one thing that we when I was first coming up through, you know, uh, full time schools and sort of the EFC marketing and, uh, you know, um, United Professionals and all that jazz, it was yeah. always very much. No, no, no! Don't tell them the costs. Don't tell them the prices. You have got to get them in. You got to blah blah, and then you then you drop the drop the bomb. <laughs> I've, when COVID landed, I flicked that up. Under, I top swap, topped it around. So they inquire, and I tell them, and then I give them everything. They tell them everything straight away. So before they've even come in the door, they know the joining fees. They know the monthly fees. Tell them, and and then there's no objection, like zero objection to the costs because they know that they've got a joining fee and they know what the monthly costs are before they've even come in through the door. Uh, it means that we get less 
people through the door, but we have a much higher conversion rate. So I have to I have to gather I have to gather more fish in the net, so to speak, early days to get the numbers through that I need. But the numbers that turn up, I don't have to work anywhere near as hard. And we never have that embarrassing situation where you tell them and they kind of go, oh, I can't afford that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Billy's jumping up and down going, it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, they know what the costs are, you know. And, exactly. and yeah, join joining fee, absolutely. Yeah, you, know, you put a T-shirt in or a uniform. I mean, what's a uniform cost these days? It's not that much, really. Um, set of bag gloves can, or... Can add, yeah, you can add product to it to... to yeah. in- perceived value for for the other person but um and you can have different levels of package that yeah. you, could, uh, you know but uh yeah that that helps offset some of the cost of getting the people in in the first place because you know marketing costs money usually or time um so it's worth just charging a you know a one-off joining fee at least so that you recoup some of that marketing and then um you will earn more on the back end afterwards. Yeah, and not being afraid. I mean, I had this issue early days of not being afraid to spend on your marketing because, you know, yeah. you might, if in the old days, you might chuck 100 quid at a box of leaflets and get one or two calls and you'd be like, yeah, come on, I've got some, that's good. And then people will do, they'll drop 100 quid on Facebook marketing and then they'll be like, oh, I've only got two inquiries from it. It's like, well, yeah, but it's not just about that. It's all those people, those other people have seen your, you, they've seen you, they've seen what you do and who you are, you know, so it's not, you're not going to look at it. uh, Yeah, it's nice when you get the people through the door, but it's getting your name out there. So even if you don't get any inquiries through at all, you've still had a lot of people see who you are and know know about you. Oh, that's that martial arts cool. That's cool. Anyway, back to what I was doing. And then Billy, like, oh, I want to do martial arts. Oh, that was that place I saw. Where was that place? What were they called? What were they... And yeah, it's 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 not to be. I mean, I I'm I'm not I'm not so bad now. But um, early days, I was like, what, twenty quid? No way. Jeez, it's too much money. I'm not spending that on marketing. <laughs> no, but um, with with the marketing, you know, you don't necessarily have to spend money to market. You still nope. spend time as well. Um, but you need one or the other. Basically, um, you're not going to uh, generate prospects and leads without spending money or time or both so you just need to decide you know which one is a priority for you as you get more successful and your school gets bigger and bigger you value time more so you're therefore more willing to spend money to market than when you start and you're scrabbling you know and you're 22 and you haven't got any money um you value money more because you have infinite time you feel when you're 20 years old so it's just it's just you know finding the right balance for you and what I would all I would say, going back in time now, I would go back and say to myself, get an instructor training program in now. Yes. Day one. Yes. Day one. <laughs> Start creating staff members. Yeah. Uh, because as the school grows and you've got those people to fall back on, it it's just it naturally it's organic. It just self-perpetuating it grows itself. If you leave it until you need the people to suddenly decide you need the people, it's too, too late. late too yeah. late by that point you're two like, years too late at that point probably yeah i, I made that mistake I, I made that mistake we grew really really quick yeah um you know zero to 100 members was very fast and then yeah. i was like shit i am the program director i am the instructor i am ev- i was everything i was doing apart from the bookkeeping i was doing everything yes. and i did that for a very very long time yeah um, and if I could go back now and slap myself, be like, you know, you might be bouncy, young, and you know, and 
I love it. It's my life. It's like, yeah, it is, but you're going to be very stressed within eight months. Yeah. Trust me. And, and you, if you, that's when you're in danger of burnout because it's all yeah. on you and, you know, you don't have any real support. And, you know, if you get ill, classes get cancelled and people get unhappy. And... Or you put yourself in hospital. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, oh, tonsillitis, that'd be great. Come on, get in. Let's go. Carry on training. You know, and all that. I did all that stupid, stupid stuff early days. And, um, yeah, it, if you've got nothing, nobody to fall back on, it's... You know, it's taking like taking a holiday and um, doing something else is so important. Yeah, you got to shut down your brain sometimes and just step back and um, yeah, reach out. Yeah, otherwise exactly. you burn yourself out. You know, yeah, I, 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 that the transition from student to school owner and instructor is it's a it's a very it, the second you I mean nothing, there's nothing better there really ultimately than turning your hobby into your job. Don't get me wrong. But it very quickly, you know, when your hobby becomes your job, you know, it's like, and I was saying to somebody years ago, like David Beckham, you know, when he's, you know, he, he'll love playing football, but he doesn't play it on his day off. <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll do something different. And you see, so you've got to, got to find something else. You know, it's, it's so important. Otherwise, yeah, I did. I, I burnt myself out, uh, but I didn't yeah. even realize, I didn't realize I'd done it. I didn't even know. Yes. Um, and then you suddenly do. <laughs> it's like oh yeah and the danger is you know uh, i think a lot of people um in their naivety start think i'll open a martial arts school so i can train loads oh and that's, no that's, <laughs> that's like a big uh, uh, no you're not going to train loads what's going to happen is you're going to be teaching loads of classes and lo- doing loads of admin and cleaning and sorting out problems and running to the the printers to print pick up certificates and doing X, Y, and Z. And your, your training kind of takes a back seat yeah. when you become a school owner, doesn't it? Sadly. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, the amount of times where people say, oh, it must be brilliant having your own gym that you can train in. It's like, believe it or not, I actually have a personal trainer in another gym in the next town, and I pay them and I go and train there. I can't, I don't train in my own, it's not, this is my work. I don't. Yeah, I I found it real. Don't get me wrong. I'll hit pads and do a bit here and there, but I'm never fully engaged in training mode when I'm in here. I'm I'm ticking over. When I'm training, I go somewhere else, and yeah. I actually do something completely different. You know, I go and you know, when I when I'm able to train those, um, you know, I go and do a system completely different to what I teach because yeah. it, it's just to engage my my learning brain doing something different you know yes um yeah. otherwise it's you end up in your own little bubble it's in your own little it's it's yeah you've got to you know you've got to keep learning otherwise it's you just end up in like a hamster wheel it's of course and like one of the advantages that we have in the modern era is we can reach out to other instructors on oh yeah yeah get help get advice get support you know when we were starting 20 odd years 25 30 years ago there's none of that you were just on your own right (laughs) yeah or there was or there was and you kind of i learned very quickly unfortunately the hard way that you know oh this looks good i'll pay the money i'll go and do this and you're thinking oh okay (laughs) that was a load of shite (laughs) you know and now but there's so much so many more people and you can get feedback and reviews on people so much better now than than it was back in back in the sort of two thousands early two thousands and stuff. It was, um, it was a boom time that was. I remember it was, you know, it's like the the, the dawn of the full time 
set up yeah, in, art school in the UK. Yeah, 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 and it exploded, and it was it was a very interesting time. But now it's, I would say, I would think now it's easier to do this. It's easy to get information, um, uh, you know, credible information, and, and it's also easy to, I think, now to to find people sort of niche specific to. Yeah. You know, you, you go to that person to learn about this area and that person to this area. And that. Whereas back then it was very much you went to one person that was they told you they were good at everything. <laughs> and it wasn't always the case. Um, or it was like cookie cutter. So all the schools were the same because everybody was just following the same blueprint. Um, whereas now it's there's so much more. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a far more supportive environment, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you, you want to open a school, you can go on a, a martial arts instructor's Facebook group yes and there's like five in the uk that i can think off the top of my head and say hey i'm thinking of opening a school anyone got any ideas uh what i need to do and you'll get loads of great advice straight away yeah, and, you, and and you can there's people out there you know consultants you can go and you can find someone that suits your um mm. the you basically your personality there's so yeah. many different people out there now all with you know great levels of experience and um and and you know you've got to I find some people, especially from, you know, this is my background, so if you don't like me saying this, people out there are tough. It's true. From the uber traditional backgrounds, do find it difficult sometimes to take advice from people, you know, and you might be a a sixth dan in whichever style of karate or taekwondo, whatever you do, and that's great, but you're not a sixth dan in running a business or, you know, necessarily being a full-time instructor. So you've got to sort of step out of that bubble of you're the best in the world and accept the fact that there's somebody out there that might be a quarter of your age, you know, that is really good at that thing. And you just need to accept that, you know, um, you know, yeah, willing to learn from, but it gets, and it gets more and more difficult the older you get, you know, I'm approaching 50 and I'm kind of like, I see what some of the young whippersnappers are up to. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> start grinding your teeth and going, not in my day, back in my day. <laughs> do so it happens to us all you just want to pre- prevent it for as long as possible yeah absolutely well i think there's a fair chunk of information there for people to go in this is probably going to be one of those turn into a, a multiple episode one because i mean obviously there's, there's there's so many elements to it but yeah um i think you know just finishing what you said there reaching out and asking people don't be afraid of asking stupid questions because there aren't really you know, just just go and ask the questions and get the information yeah. that you need, and um, network and connect, and don't be don't be afraid to put the work in. And and, and also, I'd say on that point, um, understand that there's so many ways to be successful in martial arts. Yeah. So if one person says, "Well, you need to do this, and you need to do it this way, and this is the only way, and this is the only way you're gonna, you know, make a living," um, that's not true. There's, no, not at all so many different ways of, of playing this game you know and you know i've i've gone from running a, a full-time school with my friend of 400 members to running an online business where it's just me and my pants um you know i'm like an extreme example of you know a different way of playing the game so you know don't if, if you if you speak to people and you it doesn't what they say doesn't resonate with you or doesn't feel good or doesn't feel ethical or doesn't feel like something you want to do go and speak yeah. to and yeah. they'll give you a totally different way of doing it so there's so many ways of making making this work yeah and run like you just said then run your school the way you want to run your school not the way someone else tells you to you know it's it's got to sit right with you yeah. um and 
you know, if, if what sits right with you doesn't sit right with other people, then that's not your problem. I mean, the thing, like you said, there's, let's be on, let's be straight up. There are, there are some schools out there with arguably some, some questionable standards that mm. are absolutely killing it because they're reaching their target audience there. Their students are happy. Their families are happy. You know, there might be some high-ranking martial artists look and go, my days, that's dreadful. But ultimately, they have got thousands of members and are absolutely financially killing it. So that's, they're serving that community. That Those people, if they weren't happy, they wouldn't go, you yeah. know. Um, and then on the flip side, you've got some really hardcore setups that 99% of the population would not want to go near. But they're serving that 1%. And that, yeah. you know, so and it's, you know, I think the vast majority sits somewhere in between. I think reality is most full time schools cater to kids. You know, that's where the, the money is, if that's what you're coming into it for. Teaching well, you kids. Say, you say that, but um, I have a, a friend who I go and train at his school. He has um, about 100 to 120 adult members, mm. but the lowest price he charges is £99 a month, lowest. Right. Right. So he's got, only got 100 members, which is still a fairly decent sized school, obviously. But, but he's charging a premium. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes, I mean, obviously the market is predominantly kids, but there's no reason why you no. can't, you know, set up an adult only school and just do Which that. is, I, I guess, comes full circle back to what you started, you know, with the, you've got to know what your. Yeah. Who was your target audience? What you wanted to do, and why you wanted to get into it, and then you've got the confidence then to do it and go right well, now. Well, this is what I want to do, and you know, um, and then and for a long time, when I, I remember I wasn't happy with the way things were going, and I set, I spent too long waiting to change it. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to do that as well. You, you know, obviously you don't want to go making silly changes on a whim, but don't be afraid to change stuff. If you're not happy with it, change it. You know, it's yeah. You know, I think there's sometimes people get people wait to make changes based on what they think people will say, think, assume, whatever. But you know, ultimately, other people's assumptions and feelings about what you do will not impact what you're doing in any way at all. Is it's you know, it, it, it's just internet stuff. You know, of course, yeah, yeah. Because I, 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 going back to when I was a kid in the club that I was in, there wasn't any internet. And I remember jumping around and kicking and being like, you know, I'm there. And then, you know, people, oh, right, you're great. Oh, you're good at this, aren't you? Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then I stepped out and I, and, I, and I went out into the community more. And I was suddenly like, Christ, those people are good. I want right. to be able to do all that sort of stuff. Because you're sort of in that bubble, aren't you? Of, yeah. You know, and you don't need to step out of it all of a sudden. It's like, Christ, you know, all these people are way better than me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and it, yeah, so it, it, yeah, there's an there's an awful there's a lot of that to it as well. But and anyway, I think we've given a lot of people a lot of stuff to think about there. So um, hopefully, what you what you been up to then? What's what's new for Mister Chapman? Because I don't think we've done one of these since back end of last year, October time. Uh, I think. No, I mean obviously doing what I do, helping in, in instructors and coaching instructors. I'm, oh, you're you so know. modest. Uh, I recently re-released my book, um, yes, Black, I saw. which is doing rather well. I managed to get to number one on Amazon uh, briefly in the martial arts <laughs> niche. Uh, it's like, yes, Amazon bestseller, happy with that. So that was pretty amazing. Um, 
and it's a basically a compilation of my three books that I've written. One on kind of the basic strategy of running a martial arts school. The second one on ninety nine ways to get a student marketing tactics, and the third one on thirty retention strategies, and a few bonuses and a few extra bits and pieces. But um, I thought it. I basically um, one of uh, my friends in the martial arts industry mentioned that he, you know, given the book, the original book to his girlfriend um liam his name is and uh he she said she loved it and she was learning loads from it i was like oh i've forgotten i, I wrote a book about um, <laughs> business so i dug it out started reading through it and i was like oh actually this is not bad there's quite a lot of good stuff in here that can yeah help. i've got them actually i've got the original ones yeah. um yeah so the updated versions has got a bit more extra content in it and some changes yeah. and, you know, is it is it still available uh, yeah, go on Amazon. Um, I'm going to say, link is in the description, folks. <laughs> okay, or you can put the link in the description. Yeah, I'll do, like, no, I didn't want to put the link, and then you go, you can't get it anymore. Uh, no, you, can get it, you can get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, well, uh, then go buy it, folks. Go get it, go get it. Go buy it. Hopefully, it out. We hope a few instructors, you know, um, get a better understanding of what it takes to run a sort of successful slash profitable martial arts school. So that's the goal. Well, you've, you've been there and done it, so... Been there, done it, got the t-shirt, got the, the pants, sat in my pants, <laughs> and now doing it online. <laughs> yeah, doing the full, full shebang. Awesome. Have you got anything more online going? Is there any, anything new in the pipeline? Anything changed? Anything? You know? Always, but I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> so so go to, to midmaster.com and see what's new. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, send me a message on Facebook if you want to have a chat about what I'm up to. But uh, I'm I've got lots of fingers and lots of pies and I often forget what I'm working on. So in fact, if you're going to go to mitmaster.com, actually go to the kickbackpodcast.com and click the banner at the top. Do that. For, <laughs> actually do that. Do that. Yeah, that would, that would help you out, Chris. That'd be it nice. would help us out a lot. Yes, it would. Well, anyway, thank you for your time. Um, there's some absolute, absolute gold in that. I would say for anybody out there that's looking to get started and, you know, as Matt said, you know, I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't mind if there's anybody out there that is looking to open a new school. If they, you know, they get in touch and they've got any questions, they can, I mean, they can ask me if they want. I just blagged it for the last 20 some years, but, um, you know, I must have done something right to still be going. But now, if anybody wants to get in touch with either of us, I'm sure you'd be fine with that, wouldn't you? If they like, I love martial arts instructors, they're my favorite people in the world. So anything I can do, really? Yeah, love them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I can't stand him. <laughs> we know that antisocial Chris. <laughs> you with his martial arts podcast, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, joking aside. If anybody's got questions, then absolutely, you can. You know, you can jump in the um, podcast group, asking there, which had uh, it had about um, eight hundred and fifty-seven members wow. until. Uh, well, it did, and then I dropped an at everyone, and now we've got eight hundred and forty-eight. So we've kicked out the grumpy buggers now. They've gone. Fair enough. I've never used an at everyone, ever. Yeah. And the first time I use it, I get people, oh, yeah, I'm leaving your group now. It's like, oh, well, toodaloo then. Yeah, people get weird about that. I don't quite get it, because you're in a group to interact. Exactly. But never mind. They just like to lurk, I think. That's what it yes. is. Oh, they're lurkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Silent lurkers. So we've got rid of them people now. So we've got this okay. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to start at everybody, everybody all the time. I'm not really. I just wanted to get the group going again. But yeah, if anybody's got questions, you can go and drop them in there, and then you know, we can see them and, and and reply to them and all that sort of stuff. And 
Um, and if you've got any content you want us to discuss, then you know, let us know and we'll we'll do it if we can. So we'll what's the plan? As in, you, 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 the plan is to respond to people's uh, questions, comments, and um, make episodes based on that. Yeah. So we've got I've got a little little um, list of um, well, it's more than a little list actually. I've got you know people have already sent some comments in and, and say, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? But you know, um, some weeks the plan is to um, do like a roundtable format. So I've like like Skype. I've several people on, and we'll discuss a subject. Um, you know, maybe people won't necessarily agree all the time, but that's fine. You know, it makes for good content, a bit of an argument. Um, sort of like loose women for martial arts, you know, <laughs> get a few people on from different backgrounds, <laughs> some full time shooting, but yeah, it makes for interesting conversations. And you know, of course. You know, I'm happy to take comments, suggestions from people, you know, and, and then yeah, and then run with it. Um, you know, it's martial, it's the martial arts industry, there's so much stuff we can talk about. Um, and you know, not just industry stuff, but just martial arts as a whole. Yeah. You know? Um. So yeah. Now I know. Yeah, now like, I know what I'm doing and when I can commit to stuff. We can yeah. do it, which is cool. Yeah, like it. Happy day. So I've just literally, ironically, just had a message from somebody on Facebook saying, "Where's the podcast? You lazy bugger." <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, it's back again finished. now. We've If I, I only want to do stuff if I'm going to do it properly, and now I know I can do it. We're off. We're off exactly. and rolling and rolling. Absolutely, dude. All right. Well, hopefully, same time next week or maybe the week after, we'll have you back on. All right, matey. Nice Speak one. Back. Good to chat. I'll catch you soon. Cheers, mate. Bye. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. So there you have it. If you're looking to open a martial arts school, you've got all the answers there. Just what we've learned, though, is don't ask me. Because I've not got a clue. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe that's a little bit unfair. But yeah, you get the point. Obviously, Matt's been there and done it. Uh, from this point of view of he's, he's built a school up from nothing, had a successful school, and then closed it and moved on to other things. So he's sort of, you know, he's gone full circle in that respect. Uh, but yeah, some interesting pointers there. And I would think as well, even for myself, you know, even if you're a, you know, been open for a while, you're a veteran of, of as I am, of two decades now of running my own full-time school um you know it, it, it there's always there's always something to reflect on isn't there something to you know sometimes you'll just think oh yeah i've been there i know it all and i've well, been maybe not that's a bit presumptuous but you know what i mean you, you sort of get comfortable don't you and then every now and again you learn some information and go oh, that's not a bad idea i like that idea or maybe you're looking to expand open the second school but anyway hopefully there's something useful there for you so, um, back to the back end of last year. I don't know, I can't actually remember if I mentioned this in the last episode, but uh, November saw the 20th anniversary of my martial arts school opening, which is both cool and frightening at the same time to think that I've been running for that long now, full-time, six days a week, for 20 years. I don't know how many classes that is. Somebody will have to do the maths. Somebody do the maths and, and, and message me because I'm a bit lazy like that. So normally, apart from two weeks at Christmas and all the standard bank holidays, you know, give or take for a bit of illness here and there, we've had classes running six days a week for 20 years. Now, if you take into account that COVID blip, although we did still run classes, which has shifted everything online, so I, 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 I kind of think that still counts, myself, personally. Um, oh, actually, trying to figure out how many classes it would be, it's not as simple as that, is it? Because I've got 
ooh, on average, I would say about four, uh, five classes a night over six days a week over 20 years, minus bank holidays and minus two weeks of Christmas. Okay, go on then. There'll be a Carol Vorderman out there. Somebody, somebody who's good at maths will be able to work that out and tell me how many classes that is. You drop me an email. <laughs> Actually, go on. I, I challenge you. See if you can do it because I'm not even going to try and work it out because my maths is terrible. So, yeah, it was, it was a cool milestone to reach and, you know, um, going through all the hardships of the craziness of the the, the financial crash and the sort of the mid to late 2000s and because we had covid and then we've got this cost of living stupidity and all oh, it's just it's just non-stop at the minute isn't it you know and, and unfortunately you know, joking aside i do know that it's you know it's severely affected some schools you know and unfortunately some have had to close so count myself lucky that we've managed to get through it you know hopefully it's just maybe <laughs> proves i'm doing something right at least i guess eh? you know maybe i'm just very lucky but you know, thank, big thanks to all the people who you know have supported over the years, the students, the parents, family members, um, you know, my own family as well that have put up with me on this crazy, crazy journey over the last twenty years. But um, on a on a slightly more um, somber note, shall we say, um, I did mention this a little bit towards the back end of uh, last year when we, I think I did it on the last episode. I was having a little bit of a uh, 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 an issue, shall we say, with my uh, with my right knee. Um, which I've mentioned before on on the podcast. I, I had surgery twelve years ago now, thirteen years ago now actually, um, and they, they did a good job. Truth be told, it's just it wasn't the surgery that I was expecting at the time. And the thinking is that it's it's either started to fail. Uh, I had a procedure called microfracture surgery, which is less common now apparently. But anyway, I had the surgery. Um, sort of September time this year started to get a bit niggly um and yeah I ended up uh, going private for physio because it was the only way I could really see anybody in any sort of decent amount of time um and yeah then five weeks of nothing I wasn't allowed to do anything for five weeks which was absolutely awful awful and in that period of time it actually got to a point where I couldn't even walk around properly for a while for for about four or five days uh, and I was at that point. I was like, you know, I'm never mind doing the podcast. Am I even going to be able to keep my school going? You know. Um, thankfully, it then started to turn around. Um, not getting better as such, but I thought I think I was just going through a bit of a rough patch with it. And um, I've seen a surgeon. They think potentially that there's some uh, meniscus damage there um, as a result of. Uh, then it's just a knock-on from the surgery. Uh, I won't, I won't go into all the details of it. But yeah, basically, it's just, it's just, it's just worn out. Um, and um, the, I'm having an MRI scan on Friday. Which for those people who aren't listening to this as it's come out, that will be the oh look at that Friday the 13th of January. Oh wow, some irony there, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me so yeah um you know that's that's kind of why you know back end of last year i needed to just sort of not get my head straight but sort of focus on what i needed to do uh, for myself for the business and everything and podcasting wasn't really up there on my priority list uh, despite the fact i just done all the big announcements for hey we're gonna do all this stuff and da, 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 da. and then it was like yeah man my leg's dropping off now so i actually needed to backtrack a bit but anyway i'm back on it again 
we've got this episode out. So we'll, we'll just see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Now, I, I've spoken to Matt and I've said, look, you know, I'm not going to pressure myself to have a once a week episode thing or a twice every two weeks or whatever, anything like that. I just, it's just going to be as and when. So it might be a bit hit and miss from time to time. Um, but there'll be, there'll be episodes, if that makes sense. You know, if it gets a few weeks in, there's not been one, send me some grumpy emails or messages on Facebook and just give me a nudge to do it. But on a, as an aside, if you know, if there's any, um, subjects, any, uh, areas you want me to focus on, any topics you want us to cover, suggest them. You know, some weeks it might be me just rattling on about it. Some weeks we'll have guests on, you know, it'll be a, a, a constant developing and changing thing, you know, cause the, the beauty of social media, there's always these things that pop up and, um, topics are sort of organically created. Like one, a couple of days ago, I ended up in a conversation about, uh, terminology and language within teaching and there was a couple of um, high-ranking taekwondo instructors that were adamant that the importance of using one set of technique names was paramount to the success of being able to teach a technique and I was kind of calling rubbish on that a little bit because you know it's in my nature I just kind of I kind of do these things um, but no you know I, I, I wasn't going to you know, just go well. Yeah, I agree with you because you're higher ranking than me. That's just not how I work. Um, you know, my thoughts and feelings are. You know, you can call. You know, if, if uh, you know you're teaching a round kick. You know, if somebody else calls it a turning kick, does it make their teaching less valid? Does it make the students' understanding of the technique less? You know, do the principles uh, do they translate differently? You can call it a wibbly wobbly kick as long as the fundamentals of the mechanics are correct, then what the name of the, te- the, the technique is is irrelevant, you know? Um, so the argument that proper taekwondo or proper teaching is uh, dictated by a single set of terminology is nonsense. Um, for me personally, anyway, I feel like it's more of a control mechanism. Uh, it's just one of these extra strings to the bow that is keeping everybody under the thumb. But... Um, Anyway, I, I, we'll save that topic for another day, shall we? We'll, we'll we'll save that one, and we'll actually we'll do a proper full episode on it. But yes, as always, thank you all for nagging me and sending me messages. As you know, go check out as uh, a segue there, <laughs> a bit of a random one. Go check out the website. So we've got kickbackpodcast.com. Go click on the banners there for Mitmaster at the top because every sale you put through mitmaster.com obviously obviously goes without saying it helps Matt Chapman but it also helps us because a percentage of us a percentage of it goes back to us and helps us with the podcasting costs the hosting costs the website etc 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 so it you know it all helps as well as that go check out uh, martialytics uh, martialytics.com fantastic service those guys have supported us for years now when I say us I mean the podcast and my martial arts school I use their software daily um, to provide me with all the stats that I need to run my school, whether it's you know checking on the last time Billy was in class, whether it's sending him a follow-up, whether it's putting an automation in place to make sure that every two to three weeks an email goes out to him if he's been missing classes. you know, There's so many things that that system will do. It'll even take payments for you if you want it to. Um, and the beauty of it is it's a martial arts software system developed by martial artists. So, you know, um, I always think that adds that little bit extra thing to it. And... You know, you can communicate. That's the really cool thing as well. You can communicate with them directly from the system. So you can be logged into it and you can chat to them from inside there, which is awesome. So if you're like me and you're a bit, a bit daft and you keep forgetting things, you just ask them a message and they'll help you right there and then on the spot 
show you what to do, which is really cool. They've got apps for your students, all that sort of stuff. So go check it out, marshalytics.com. All right, I think we're done for this episode. As I say, any any suggestions for... Co- I'm trying not to bang on the table there. Any suggestions for content, for topics, anything you want us to cover, drop us an email. You can get me at chrisjonestkd at gmail.com. You can get me on uh, Facebook, as you know, most of you most of you com- communicate with me there. If you want to, you can drop us a WhatsApp at 07802 You can use that to get in touch too. You can send us voice notes, that sort of stuff. Um, voice notes. If you send me voice notes that you want included in the show, do that. I'm happy to do it. You know, if you've got thoughts or feedback, or you know, you just want to do a shout out or something, just send me a voice note and I'll throw it in. As long as it's, as long as it's suitable, I'll chuck it in the episode. No bother at all. All right, guys. Thanks again, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Whatever that is. <laughs> Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com.